Twitter, Twitter is the biggest tool. I mean, I, I live on Twitter. It's like my favorite tool in the world. I got, uh, I got our angel investor. I cold outreached him five times in a row. And then I found someone we both followed and asked him to check his DMs. And then he introduced us to our lead. Hi, everyone. This is Growing Web 3, a podcast that uncovers the growth stories behind the most successful crypto, DeFi, DAO, NFT, metaverse, and play-to-earn ecosystems. I'm your host, James RT, and each week I'll be sitting down with founders and experts on Web3 to pick their brains and learn about their growth stories. We'll discuss strategies and tactics to understand how they've grown Web3's billion-dollar protocols and communities. So whether you're in the midst of your own growth story or just getting started, this show is for you. Subscribe and join us each week as we discuss Growing Web3. Growing Web3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web3 organizations. Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Growing Web3. I'm super excited to have Jackson with me from 3RM, which is a CRM for Web3 companies, basically helping with their BD and a load more. Great to have you with us, Jackson. Good to be here. I'm actually super excited about this. There's a lot of preparation. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. I mean, you didn't need to do all the preparation, but I'm glad um, I'm glad it's been done. And I'm sure everyone's going to yeah get the benefit of that today. So you tell me a little bit a bit about yourself, how you got into this space and how you ended up starting this journey with 3RM. Yeah, um, it's funny. So I was I was doing traditional business development like 10 years ago for a small fintech in Sacramento where I'm from. And uh, business operations and, and business development in fintech is very, very calculated. You know exactly who to reach out to, in what channel, um, you know exactly which touch point, what time to send something. And so... My quota was optimized around sort of my outputs, and that was basically 10 to 15 cold calls an hour or a demo for my AE an hour. And when I got like really obsessed with analytics, uh, I just you know was able to see how you really calculate growth. And fast forward to about a year ago, um, when I started working in the Web3 space, uh, I, was, I was head of growing like a balance, Rick Burton's mobile safari wallet at the time. And it was like kind of the worst experience of my entire life because I thought, you know, the only way to grow was by doing that same process. And so I'd be reaching out to someone named like banana knee bone 12 on telegram, followed by someone named like, you know, monkey cigarette number 2245 on, on discord. And I didn't know if anyone was real and like, there was no way to track any of it. There's no way. And no one would engage with anything I was saying because they all, they all felt the same thing. And so what I really quickly noticed was that like, I went to East Denver um, met like so many people. And then when I got back, my like calendar blew up. And so in the bowl, everyone was getting like money. Right. And so all these founders were not like focusing on operation sides of things and like how to scale it, how to make it like repeatable. And so in that time I was kind of, I thought a little crazy to see this where I was like, there's no way that web three is going to scale by only doing conference circuits and having vanity metrics on crypto Twitter. Like there's gotta be a better way. And so my origin story is actually super funny. I'll give the high level version of this, but basically I built a database of 1600 Web3 organizations. I had cold outreach to every single one for a month and a half just to figure out how to do it, right? Like what was the best flow, what was the best process? 
I went to Amsterdam for ETH Amsterdam. I rented a boat and I said on Twitter, anyone's welcome to go on this boat. This was when ETH was four grand. So this was very much bull market vibes and probably never gonna happen again. And so at the time, this guy was in developer DAO came and was like, hey, I'll help you like work on this. And so he ended up living down the road from me in San Francisco. Um, we went to consensus and we were just kind of getting a bunch of like, like, uh, you know, understanding of like the space, right? Like what does identity look like in this space? How can we like work in verifiable credentials? How can we bring your network on chain? How can we reimagine BD? And so we ended up going to New York, uh, for NFT NYC. And we were just, like I said, trying to figure this all out and we looked at each other and we didn't have enough money to fly home. Like straight up, we're like, we have $70 in the two of us. Like, I have no idea how, so we have to fundraise. Like I, my parents, his parents are doing it. So we're like, okay. So we built a no-code app and we built like a CRM off of a no-code tool called Bubble. And basically it was a CRM that tracked like Twitter, Telegram, Discord, email, and wallet activity. And so this was great because all I did was like BD again, I was pitching VCs left and right. And I was, we were sleeping on the floor of a buddy's house in Commonwealth. We were sneaking into Empire now every single day. And then Bruno, one of our angel investors, loaned us some money because he just saw us doing it every day nonstop. And so basically we were pitching sort of this CRM and vision direction, but we knew the product would never withstand. So we were just like lying. Like it was like, it was like, like, like some screens were like, you know, you push and play and it was just like all static. It was crazy. So anyways, we ended up raising and then now we've got like a team about 10 and now we're like, we tore that, that, that piece of junk down. But what we realized is that there's so much nuance around like privacy, this change of comms, anons, pseudo anons, and like all kinds of different directions. That was awesome to hear your yeah, story from going from like a real MVP, just hacking together something quickly, getting the validation and then building out the team. Yeah. So now that we have like a functioning product, like what we're coming out with now is like just straight up bare bones, Telegram CRM, right? And Telegram's super nuanced, right? Everyone's got their own preferences of like, what can your company see? What does it have access to messages? Do I want my team to see this? Think about like personal messages too. Like I've seen some CRMs that will pull in Telegram chats and pull an email. If someone hacks that CRM, all your stuff's exposed, right? And so like we've so much like nuance around like what do we store? What do we have access to? Like how do we make teams? So what we're doing, I think, is the best job of like enabling teams to sort of have, you know, this multiplayer mode view of their comms. And I think that falls into this idea of like the true decentralized nature of anyone can work for any organization and use whatever tool they want. And so that's kind of what our focus is right now is like, how do we enable sales teams to have like really just baseline standard sales operations? So our CRM, you know, tracks project, I mean, not project, sorry, tracks conversations with uh, like groups, gives you like updates on when the last time a message was sent, shows you who's in the group, then like notes, tasks, reminders, follow-ups, all kinds of things around like actual sales activities. And so from there, hopefully we expand, but well, we will expand, but we've got a bunch of plans that we can jump into over time. But tell me about, tell me what you're thinking right now. What, 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 what's on your mind? I mean, I know how hard BD is in Web3. It's like a complete, um, yeah, for, for yeah, lack of a better word, shit show. Um, so, yeah, it's been pretty exciting exploring the product with you. And we've had some conversations over the last few months. And I think, yeah, Telegram... Actually, I think over the last few months, Telegram has become a way more important channel than it was previously for me. Like it was siloed between like using HubSpot and like traditional uh, Web2 sales tools and then like a bit of Discord, a bit of Telegram, a bit of Twitter. Um, but now I feel like we're very much focused on Telegram as like the main channel and creating Telegram groups. It seems to work really well with other companies. Is like that what you've seen when it comes to the tooling part? 
Yeah, I think like one key differentiator that we're focusing on is like two, we're trying not to compete with CRMs because CRMs is like crazy built out, right? So we're trying to make them like work for this decentralized nature. And the other thing that I've noticed is that we're the only tool that's thinking about external facing B2B. All these other CRMs are indexing their community, indexing their Discord user, indexing their own. And, and like, I think a lot of those people are the same people, right? Like I, you give out whitelist spots between FT communities, right? If you're in DeFi, you're, you're, you're trying a bunch of different things. I don't know if they're like indexing new territories or new ways to grow. And so I think that's what we're doing really well is that we're helping discover new projects, allowing you to track that, allowing you to have it logged so you don't lose people in your pipeline, giving you friendly reminders. Like, you know, we've got this really cool plan next where we're actually creating like a way for you to authenticate in a telegram. And then we're doing like templated uh, uh, automations. We're connecting it to your calendar. So when you have a meeting, you can get like the telegram context. Every day the bot sends you messages saying, hey, here's your reminders, like a whole like superhuman inbox level style. Uh, we've got all kinds of cool like nuances coming around that tool that I think we're enabling. That's that's super exciting. Um, but that's I think that's the biggest difference. It's like being like like how you do things is like way more like external relationship developing, like forging it. And so I think like one thing I really liked about like talking to you and learning from you is that you know, you do a really good job of like thinking of the total like like value of a relationship and not being so transactional. And I think people tend to get too impatient when they do BD, especially in Web3, where they think, oh, I've reached out, a transaction should occur now and we should move, right? And I've noticed the way that you do it is you're much more like, you know, the chest of it. You're able to say like, oh, I know this person here, I know this person here. Like you're able to kind of like, be like, like gal your surroundings to keep growing consistently. So when you need something, you've given enough in return. Now, at least that's what I think. Would you, would you agree with that? Like on how you kind of approach it? I mean, I think I've got like, not an arrogance, but I like truly believe that like, I'm going to work with every like fast scale up or fast growing company in the space. Like, because our team is really good. And so... I know at some point they're going to have like a big campaign where they need external help. Like it, it just happened. Way like, like when I started like five years ago in the space, everyone like hated marketing people. They hated, like it was just not cool to be a marketing guy. Like you turn up to a hackathon or a conference. And I'm like, I can code a little bit, but still people be like, oh, what the fuck, why are you here? It's like that Rick Rubin tweet, like that Rick Rubin tweet that's going around right now where he's like, I have no technical ability. Just buy it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But like it's changed. I mean, people are starting to respect like growth people a lot more. And I mean, I know that like these, you know, to scale like a business, you need a lot of resources. To scale like an ecosystem, you need a hell of a lot of resources. Um, and so I know that at some point in time, like even projects that say, you know, no, are going to be like needing a big push on the marketing front. And I know they'll come to us. Do you think like the fact that you've been doing this for five years really like changes that fact? Because I think, like I said, a lot of people might be too like short-sighted in terms of they need things happening and moving now. And like, I guess like my question would be like, would you, like, what would you change differently from how you were doing BD five years ago and how you're doing it now? Like, would you change that? Or is it just the fact that it was five years of growing those relationships? I think so. I think like I would spend more time doing BD and really relationship building during the bear markets. Because in the bull market, like everything does become more transactional because everyone can make huge amounts of money very quickly. And like, you don't even have to be a great marketer to do a good campaign. Like if the product is good, if it has a good narrative, if it has a decent enough brand in a bull market, it will do well. Right. Um, but 
when you're working with like these larger organizations, they're trying to build like sustainable ecosystems that will survive like bull market, bear market. It doesn't matter. Um, and so, yeah, it's quite hard to build those relationships in a bull market because they're getting loads of, um, inbound. So say like the head of ecosystem, they'll have like hundreds of projects to deal with. Um, they'll have loads of campaigns running in the bull market. And for them, it's just about keeping up. Whereas in a bear market, everyone's really reflecting on strategy, on trying to understand like more long-term growth plans. And if you can build uh, relationships then, and you can start to see like what projects are going to grow quickly when the market does pick up, then you're in a pretty good position. And I think for that, like obviously you want to uh, connect with like people who work in large ecosystems. So, you know, we all know that ecosystems right now are doing well. Um, like Polygon, um, even like Avalanche doing well. Like you have Near, you have all these other ecosystems. So people there have a really good overview on what's growing, what areas, if it's DeFi, NFTs, Metaverse. Um, but then also VCs can be really useful to connect with during this time because you can start to see patterns of where they deploy capital. And essentially when you're like a service organization, um, where the money goes is where you have to go, right? Like if the money is going to music NFTs, then you have to start to learn about music NFTs and think how can we service musicians that are launching NFTs, how can we bring our marketing knowledge to them and helping with their campaigns, helping them be successful. So yeah, VCs are super important too. I think one thing you touch on that's super interesting is like relationship building, right? And I think one thing that is really key in that is like over time, like how much that relationship compounds by checking in and setting reminders and like staying, you know, consistent with someone. Um, I think that's where like, it's really easy to force. So like one thing I like try to do a lot is I like categorize people, whether it's a personal relationship or work relationship in, in the categories where it's ones, twos, or threes. And that way I have a very quick contextualization about like where they are in relation to my life and what I give and what I expect in return kind of thing. And so like, obviously closer to one is probably more of a bigger ask and closer to three is more like very, Hey, well, how can we kind of support each other? How do you think about like developing like related those relationships over time? I think so for me, it's very much based on like, I hate saying it, but like customer profiles, like at Hype, we have very specific customer profiles. Like we know we're going to do an awesome job working with big ecosystems. We're looking to grow and looking to build out like um, developer user base, looking to build out their application layer. And then also like DeFi or NFT apps that launch are looking to launch and like grow pretty quickly and build a community fast. Those like our two ideal customer profiles. So for me, it's just really trying to connect with people who need that. Um, right. And like, for example, like breaking into like different organizations can be pretty tough because, uh, you know, in Web3, not everyone has like kind of the same title. So in Web2, like you kind of know, you, you always know there's a CMO. In Web3, it might be like head of growth, head of strategy, VP ops, something that's marketing. So it's kind of sometimes difficult to navigate that. Also, like when you're working with DAOs, Things can be difficult, like sales process, and that went into like the community, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, breaking into those companies can be difficult, but yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's all about like, who's the ideal customer or potential customer, um, who, we, who do we think we can be successful with, 
then understanding on how to get to them. Um, and as you said, like just giving value and following up uh, with just essentially like updates on what we're doing. And at the end of the day, we're here to all like grow this industry. So if we can show something that we did to like bring developers to the industry, then that's like exactly what you know, people love seeing. But yeah, I mean, it takes time. Like one ecosystem, I've literally been trying to get on a call with them for five months. Yeah. And I did this week. But like it took five months of me like, you know, showing up and contacting different people in the organization trying to like arrange something, trying to show them cool stuff we've done. So it takes time. I remember when I was doing cold outreach and someone would be really annoyed, like I'd be calling a VP or something like forever ago, right? And I'd pick up and they'd like frustratedly hang up on me. And I always remember thinking like, I wonder like when he's looking or he or she's looking at their like quota numbers, are they telling their reps to not do the same thing I'm doing, right? And it's most likely no, right? So you just got to keep on going and keep chipping away and um, one thing I did this year that I thought was huge was I, I synced my uh, email and my Calendly and I made a list of everyone that had spent time talking with me at some point. And then I went through and found their social and I reached out to them in a one by one nature saying, hey, thanks for taking time with me this year. Really appreciate your support. Excited for next year. Like no ask, no nothing. And I noticed a couple other people were doing that as well, too. And I think like those are the kinds of things that go a long way from like a real like care. Um, I don't recommend copy and pasting them. I always recommend doing a little line in there. That, like it shows that it's like really genuine. Um, but I think like to your point, though, like that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. It's like that consistency of showing up every day. Right. And, and consistently having something, whether it's a value of your charisma or what you're working on or how it ties into them and making it kind of fit that mold does a really good job. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, I love that strategy of yeah, keeping people updated by email. Um, I did a similar thing. So, yeah, a few people do a similar thing as well. It's awesome. I think another thing that's pretty key is like Twitter as, um, I mean, in web three people, especially if you're like working services, like you're working with technical people and technical people often, you know, and rightfully they're not financially driven. They're driven by like the technology, what excites them. And they're driven by, you know, they want to work with people who want to like see Web3's vision for, and they're here for the right reasons too. So I think another important thing is to have like a public Twitter that shows that you're interested in the space. So maybe it's like where you're interacting with other people, doing cool stuff. Maybe you're sharing interesting content. Um, because like when you speak to someone, like you might speak to them on Twitter, you might speak to them somewhere else, they'll probably check out your Twitter at some point. And if they see you're just like, someone who's sharing like these competitions where you can win like 500 bucks it's like so known um or if you're like in this money crypto side of things yeah like you know like oh yeah you're just talking about like leverage trading shit points or something stupid like that people just gonna not want to work with you in my opinion um whereas if you're sharing interesting content uh if you're commenting on stuff if you're actively yeah, in conversations with interesting people, if you have interesting people following you, then that like gives you social proof that these technical people need. 
Um, so I think that's also super important to start building up the network on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter is the biggest tool. I mean, I, I live on Twitter. It's like my favorite tool in the world. I got, uh, I got an angel investor. I cold outreached him five times in a row. And then I found someone we both followed and asked him to check his DMs. And then he introduced us to our lead. Yeah, boom. That's how it goes. I mean, yeah, Twitter's amazing. And yeah, if people don't re- reply to you like the first two or three times, like I think advice I give people is just like tag people in a comment or like retweet something and like tag them or something like that try and get like in front of them because when people do that i then check my dms or they might say hey just saw this also sent me dm and like it works like i'll always check that dm and if it's interesting i'll reply the message request folder is a lot of a lot of gems in there that you gotta go out and, and sift through a bit but definitely important um do you check any other like web3 like channels for outreach i haven't really like dove into message to message wall to wall messaging like that yet have you have you like used any of those uh, new emerging stuff no not yet i mean i'm thinking lens is going to be pretty cool like i had a look at like their growth metrics and they're pretty fucking crazy yeah um it's impressive like how consistently they're growing and they have limited profiles so like they're not giving out profiles to every there's still like a cap um but yeah growth rate is significant and also the engagement rate on lens is pretty good too like good retention rates so if it if it continues this uh kind of retention then it's definitely going to be a place to connect with people definitely going to be a place to have uh, this social layer that you can use to yeah chat to other people and comment and post and yeah definitely somewhere to like start to yeah interact and like look for like sales opportunities excellent gp is like a customer discovery partner of ours and so like they are pretty positive they're the wallet to wallet like the messaging layer of lens which is really cool and i think like you know that's one thing i'm like super eager to start using a bit more to find more people in the space like farcaster i think it's mastodon there's you know lens like you know or like all these are starting to blossom and and one thing that's super funny is because we're, we're doing a lot of recruiting right now and so because of all the layoffs and so with the recruiting you know the way i've started branding what we're doing is i go you know the decentralized internet instead of web3 uh is coming where what we've seen is that like 90 percent of the last two years was a bunch of grifters and like you know price speculators but the 10 people ever percent of people that stayed like are building like really cool utility layers and i think the utility layers that are emerging are obviously decentralized finance uh, organizations, science, and now we're seeing social, right? And so social is really starting to blossom into another layer that I think is creating more of a wider adoption, understanding of what like democratization of authority, user data, all these things mean. And so, I mean, our ultimate goal, like as a company is we want to create another utility layer above sales and make like a B2B sales and make sales infra decentralized internet. Um, but like, I think that's, that's like what I'm seeing is like a really great way to get more people involved in understanding of like what these sort of, uh, like the, the benefits of this type of internet are, right? hundred percent. It needs to happen. Like we need to lead by example, start using those tools. Cause if we don't, if we don't start using them, no one's going to use them. Um, but yeah, actually Matt from XMTP came on, uh, the show a few weeks back and yeah, it's really awesome. They integrate with Lens, so I'm looking forward to see how that develops. I think right now it's 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 in the early stages. It works. It's cool. Um, I think that 
like true wallet to wallet communication is going to be tough. Um, because like, I mean, maybe I think it could work well for project teams. So I always had this like, you know, idea. I think Love Marks has had it like in DeFi that like, how are you going to acquire like a load of TVL for your protocol? Well, you're just going to go and look at other protocols and be like, look at who the whales are and then message and be like, Hey guys, our protocol is way better. I see you have a hundred million dollars over. Would you like to put some of it on our protocol? And maybe we'll give you like a preferential rate or some other incentive, right? And that's like the way so it should be done. But obviously you can't really do that um, right now because yeah, well, it's where it's communication sucks. Um, so I think it's really interesting, like when the social life grows, then we'll be able to do like what's called communication. I really like the Lens team a lot too. Bradley is hilarious. If you if you haven't met Bradley yet from that team, I mean David, they're they're great. Christina, I mean, they're incredible. Um, one thing that I'm also like really sticking on, and I wanted to ask you about this actually, is that um, when you were talking about um, your like the funnel uh, development, I think we were chatting about this on Twitter, and you were talking about like kind of what the layers were, right? And and my like follow up to that was that you know I think that with everything being on chain. I think what we're doing right now with like credentialing and access is very like vanilla for lack of a better term of like what we could turn it into based on the amount of available information you have on a person, right? Have that, having that be exposed, right? Where like in web two, you'd have this like weird segmentation of data based on like cookies. If someone signed up for an email, you can see they clicked on a retargeting, you'd know where they were in your funnel moving through. And I'm of the opinion that like in web three, I think what credentialing will really access is saying, Hey, this person is actually done X, Y, and Z things. They've joined your community. They've, you know, uh, said GM, they have this in their Twitter bio, right? Because they're gained, there's an incentive layer for them to be pushed through your funnel and it's all on chain. So now you have complete visibility. And so I think that too, like this kind of open sense of like data, like you're talking about prospecting whales. I think there's going to be so much more. I think we're like in the infancy of like what on-chain user data will actually unlock from a like sales and marketing perspective, and would love to would love to pick your brain on that perspective. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be so cool like to see these new socialize emerge. So I I was like kind of into POAPs early on, like I thought they were cool, but I didn't really get them. And then I was in Miami for Art Basel, and it was pretty impressive to see how like uh, G Money had created this social layer with his T shirts. So essentially, like he created this, like yeah, essentially it's a social layer, right? Everyone's wearing his T-shirt, and then they have like this NFC chip, and you can scan it, and you can get a pull-up of the person wearing this nine DCC T-shirt, right? And it's like creating this like social network that like is based on like where you've been, your location. Um, a load of people will have these pull-ups of meeting this person, and then you can like reward them, right? But like you can reward them as like the, more of that co-op. Um, and there's like this awesome social network there. But then other people can reward you too. So you can start to like segment people based on like who they've met in real life, which is quite interesting. So I can be like, okay, who are the people that have met this t-shirt, the person who's worn this t-shirt, right? <laughs> to an event. I can actually find them and then I can potentially contact them and give them something. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like, 
it's actually way more targeted and detailed. That's what I think is nuts. I think that's nuts. So I went to, um, what was it, Web Summit in Lisbon, right? And Web Summit's like 80,000 technologists getting in, in like these like five giant rooms, right? And I was so bummed because like the giant stadiums one through four were like marketing tech, fintech, insurance tech, whatever. And there was no crypto baked into that. There's no like Web3 projects baked into that. And the fifth giant stadium was like enterprise. And then like maybe half of that was, was, was uh, web three like projects. And I thought it was so fascinating. So like, when I talked to like, like, uh, like uh, top towel or like, you know, any hiring tools or whatever. And I was like, Hey, do you like have any like idea if you're going to want to use web three technology, search on chain resumes, right? Like use it for marketing technology, whatever. And they were all like, you know, it's way above my pay grade. Like I have no idea if I'm ever going to use, no, like absolutely not in scoff or whatever. And I think like that kind of access that you're talking about is like, would be such a game changer for enterprise teams, like at a huge level to have that detailed segmentation of what people are doing at events, what the effectiveness of an Art Basel ad was, right? How many pull-ups were released? Who are those wallets? What are they doing? What are they doing after? And it's like, it's like, it doesn't, like, I think the second, like everyone talks to the next billion and they make like some course or they make some like educational startup or whatever. Like the next billion is coming from boring ass enterprise usage. I'm telling you, like the second like Coursera stops giving out like Google ads uh, certificates on like, you know, just a piece of paper, you can upload your LinkedIn and like they're on a blockchain saying like, this is a, you know, a proven credential. Like that's where I think the next million go like, Oh, but I don't think it's like this whole like wallet sign in, like, you know what it is. It's like just smooth, right? It's, it's gotta be baked in. And when enterprise hits, it's game over game over. I just don't think they know. I don't know how to explain it to them. It's coming. It's coming. I mean, I know uh, the sales, sorry, the Web3 um, guy, Salesforce is pretty incredible. So I expect to see a load more from them. I don't. I don't want to see anything from them. Let's just, let's just let them hang out and do nothing. <laughs> let's not talk about our biggest competitor right now. <laughs> I want to yeah, hear uh, one answer from you. I've got one question to ask that I ask everyone. Um, and that is if you could be CMO or head of growth, head of sales for any Web3 company, which one would it be? Company, organization, dive? I really love what Avalanche has been doing recently. Like with the Amazon launch, it's been really cool. I think that's a really inspiring like direction. I think I'd probably say that. I think that team is doing, like Polygon is doing a lot of cool things in really big retail, but I've just never been a retail guy. I've been always B2B, always like SaaS growth. And I think like they're like one of, one of the first like real like you like big ones. I've seen Solana kind of get in here and there, but I think that Avalanche one with Amazon is like really cool. Like that was the first time I was like, ah, like finally it's it's going that direction. So that, that's probably that probably my answer. How about you? What would yours? My probably be Ethereum. Ethereum. Okay. <laughs> I'd be just, just general, just the yeah, entire. No, I mean, I think I would go for. I think I would like to join a fund. Maybe be like C and other fund because BC is all branded. Yeah. So just find a fund with all the money. Yeah. <laughs> make them cool. Uh, well, cool. I, I'm getting booted. You're kicking me out now, but this was an absolute blast. Uh, anytime I get a chance to come and talk shop, I love it. Thanks so much. Of course. All right, just Jim, to come talk to you later. See ya. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Growing Web 3. You can see the show notes and all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hypepartners forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening again, and be sure to hit subscribe to listen to new episodes first. Growing Web 3 is brought to you by Hype Partners, the leading community management and marketing agency for Web 3 organizations. 
Hype is a global agency of 120 marketers committed to supercharging Web3 ecosystems. Go to www.hype.partners to learn more.